Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our ministry's simple goal is to help women read their Bibles. In this season, we are asking God to break every barrier to the treasures He has for us in His Word. With each guest, we will investigate what tends to keep us from the Word of God, whether rooted in our upbringing, season of life, culture, environment, personality, or in our very own mind. As you listen, examine your own life and be encouraged. God is greater than all the barriers, and He will stop at nothing to bring us near. Hey there, podcast listeners. We'd love for you to join us March 20th and 21st in Miamisburg at beautiful Camp Chautauqua for yet even now a weekend in Joel. Come study the word with us Friday evening through Saturday afternoon. Tickets include meals and conference materials with options to stay overnight at the camp or commute from home. Grab your ticket now at www.daytonwomeninthewordcom slash yet even now. If you've already registered, check your inbox for all the information you need regarding the conference, as well as your pre-conference guide. We look forward to preparing for this special weekend alongside you. Enjoy this episode recorded by Jillian with a very special guest. Welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. This is a special episode brought to you by my childhood basement with my mom. Welcome, mom. Hi, Jillian. <laughs> Her name is Mary Kay Pierce. And um, it's funny, we're actually surrounded by my dad's uh, books in his downstairs library, what used to be my playroom when I was little. So just to give you a little bit of setting where we are at, but it's very sentimental for me to be here. Um, but mom, why don't um, you just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what roles God has you playing in this season of your life? Well, first of all, it's a great, great um, privilege to be here with Jillian, my youngest daughter, um, and a wonderful time just to share with her. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, I am a wife to Mark Pierce, uh, been wife and married to Mark for 40 years. Uh, we currently Woo-hoo. live... Yeah, woohoo. That's a big awesome. marker. Yes, yeah. it sure is. Um, only by the grace of God go we, and as all you know, um, we have four awesome children. They are all married, and we currently have 10 grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, have lived in Mansfield our whole entire married lives. My husband is currently a pastor in Mansfield. Uh, at Church Requill in downtown Mansfield, a church plant. For you Daytonians, that's about two hours northeast of us. Right. Mansfield's located halfway between Columbus and Cleveland, so it's a wonderful place to bring up children. Um, I also uh, work uh, part-time at a nonprofit agency called uh, NAMI Richland County, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, the Richland County Affiliate. Um, where God has led my ministry to help families in Richland County who encounter mental health concerns. So it's a little bit about myself. 
Yeah. And uh, this season in particular on the podcast, we've been talking about breaking barriers that would keep us from the treasure in God's word. So I, I thought about mom uh, because a conversation with um, a sister in Christ we um, will have on the podcast centers a little bit on, on mental health. And I thought, you know, well, my mom knows a whole lot about that. And so I wanted to dig in with her a little more on the subject. Um, and so mom, I want to ask you, how could this be potentially be a barrier in someone's life when they are approaching the word of God? Well, I definitely think it can be. Uh, when people experience um, mental health concerns, uh, and severe mental illness, um, and many of our families will deal with these issues. Uh, in fact, one in four families in Ohio will have a loved one with a mental health concern, and typically um, diagnoses like depression or anxiety um, can keep people from community. Uh, it can keep them homebound at times. Uh, it can keep them very isolated at times. Uh, so it can very much affect their relationships, including their relationship with the Lord. Uh, and, and there is a continuum of mental health issues from, um, you know, uh, very severe mental illness where people are hospitalized. And then there, all of us are on the mental health continuum. We all have to take care of our mental health. Mm. And um, there are different degrees of, of, like I said, mental health issues that can become concerning. So when people uh, do become isolated due to depression mm. or anxiety or even... Um, uh, severe mental illnesses such as bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. It can be very concerning. Um, and it's hard for people at this stage, at different stages of illness to reach out and to even pray. Mm. And it behooves the, it, 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 it's wonderful when the family of God, when our churches can know their families well enough that they can see when a loved one uh, might be hurting hmm. and when they do see signs and symptoms of, of depression or anxiety, things like that, that they can reach out to them. Hmm. Um, many times people who are very ill will even quit listening to scripture hmm. or reading the word or just reading is too overwhelming. So it can help when they have a prayer partner or they have a small group that can just uh, be there for them, mm. uh, pray alongside them, support them when they start to see signs and symptoms of a person's mental health deteriorating. Yeah, I remember, you know, my background is actually, I'm trained as a mental health counselor. Um, the apple doesn't far fall far from the tree. My dad's a pastor, so put that together, you have something um, like Jillian Vincent. But I think that's, uh, when I remember from the training, I had that some people going through depression, for instance, um, one of the markers of depression is just a really low energy level. Um, and to have the energy to get out of the house, to go be with the body of Christ, to hear a sermon, th places where you might encounter the word of God in your community. Um, and then also in your personal, you know, just even at home to open up 
the word of God or to have the energy, you know, we, we talk a lot about, um, context and to do a little bit of study even before you open up so you can understand it better. That takes a lot of planning, a lot of, and that's a lot of energy from someone who's struggling with um, depression. And certainly I think we'll talk more, but it can be a help to people who are struggling with mental illness as well. Um, But just talking about some of the barriers when you're in that dark place that might keep you from even getting to it in the first place. I think it's important for us to understand mm-hmm. that. Exactly. So mom, what experience do you have professionally? You know, we talked about NAMI. Um, what do you have experience trying to help those with mental health struggles grow um, in their walk with Christ? Well, um, ex- in the different areas that I've been able to share with people, uh, of course, in the church setting, um, when I'm alongside someone, uh, I can come alongside them, pray with them, encourage them, mm. help them to continue to listen to God's word, even if they can't read, mm. read it, um, just to be infused by Christian music, um, Christian um, fellowship to yeah. have alongside them, uh, just to provide hope for them, uh, mm. in the community setting, the same, um, just to be able, and over the years, um, working with families, just to be a good listener and to share Christ's love in the community setting, uh, in a nonprofit agency, just to, uh, let them know that you're concerned, that you care, mm-hmm. that you listen to them, that you help them, uh, help them connect. Um, one of the first things I tell, um, our families that are struggling and people uh, living with mental health concerns, uh, one of the first things I look them in the eye actually at our small groups at the hospital and I say, you matter, mm. you matter, you're important, mm-hmm. you have gifts, you have, um, you have gifts God has given you, you have talents, you, ha- you just are uniquely made and there's no one like you. And, mm. and I learn from you and you can learn from me. We need each other. So you are not alone. As soon as uh, we meet together as a small group, I remind them that um, they gained a support person when I walked into the room and NAMI acts as support, uh, Mm. that you're in this journey together and you're not alone. And then as I get to know people more, and many times I've had the opportunity to pray with them mm-hmm. in an ER setting or in a hallway mm-hmm. of a hospital. Um, and how, what a privilege that is, just uh, just to know someone cares enough to sit with them. And maybe it will be just sitting with them uh, next to them. Mm. Uh, some uh, It's been interesting over the years to watch as... Uh, I've been involved in various hospital ministries at, at different churches over the years. And even the people who do hospital visitation, Jillian, many of them would at times be afraid to go through what I call the locked door of a psychiatric unit. They just mm. were afraid to go minister to those families. Mm. Yet we had many, many families in need of that. Uh, in need of that. Yeah. Uh, families that I would sit ne- next to in a pew or in a chair at church on Sunday morning. And 
they would not share within the congregation a prayer request, yet I would know because of my community work that they were really hurting. Mm. And then I needed to help um, educate within the church and within those circles that went to visit at the hospital to share uh, that they can do the same on the psychiatric floors they do or the behavioral health unit, whatever the hospital calls it. Um, they can minister the, to, to the people on those floors by doing the exact same things they do. Walk in, pray with them, sit down, mm-hmm. uh, show up. And and that means the world to our families. Um, I see one this of, really as a good Samaritan situation where, you know, mom has seen um, just kind of what her work is, is getting people to see those they're walking past and see their problems and see the way in which they can come alongside of those people instead of being the religious people that walk on past, you know, we can be the good Samaritan and, and be Jesus to, to people who are really struggling, people who are really hurting and their families and, um, really, come and and be with them um mm-hmm. just like um Jesus pursues us in in whatever um struggle we're found in you know we or we encounter uh through our life mm-hmm. that he he does that with mm-hmm. us and so um you know she's talking about the church really seeing that and opening up our eyes to those mm-hmm. who could really mm-hmm. need our help yes ex- exactly and over the years um I had it said once, uh, probably 15 years ago or more, I had um, an educator tell me, these are no casserole dish illnesses. Hmm. People who suffer from depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety, and are hospitalized. They don't uh, get the meal train. They they don't get the meal train. There's no meal train uh, when someone tries to lose their life to suicide, Mm -hmm. when a family has a teenager in the hospital and they're going through that type of trauma, there's, there's no meal train. There's no, there's no casserole dish. There's no, actually, there's no get well card even Mm -hmm. or flowers. Um, and so, and that was, that was eye opening to me to realize that. Mm -hmm. And, and how could we better reach out to those families were, that were hurting so much, um, it seems so. like there's a real, um, I know stigma is a word that um, mom unpacks a lot um, and maybe a sense of, of shame maybe that these families feel. And, um, you know, t- you know, from my perspective, mom, I, I know a little bit more because, um, you know, you have trained us so well in this being your kids. But, you know, um, from an outside perspective, how how would someone know that these people need help if um, they're scared to share that they do. You know, what are some what are some ways that that um, vulnerability and that safety can be established to where, um, you know, they the other people can be aware that they need help where there's less shame. You know, where I see that kind of circle of mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I'm ashamed, so I don't want to tell anybody what's going on, mm-hmm. but then no one can help, you know, or mm-hmm. not that it's their fault. Maybe they have shared before and mm-hmm. no one has tried to help. And so, or they didn't know how maybe is a, another uh, reason, but mm-hmm. how does that kind of cycle? I, I think um, it's a difficult cycle to break, Yeah, but 
over years, uh, as people educate themselves, mm-hmm. I, I really believe education, education, education will break the stigma down. Mm-hmm. Just as people years ago were scared of the letter C for cancer mm. um, and they became educated or, and I like to use this analogy, um, in 1980, when I was graduating um, from nursing school, um, we there was a disease that just came out, and we were afraid we were going to die, and that was AIDS. Uh, as nurses, mm-hmm. we were triple-gloving because we were scared, and there was a huge stigma with AIDS, too, but... Uh, we were not educated about the illness. And over these past 40 years, we've been educated. We've learned more about it. Um, We have learned prognosis for those people. We can give hope to them now. Mm. Um, But with mental illness, there's still that stigma. And I believe the more we're educated on the brain and the more we learn more about the brain, we're realizing these are real illnesses. They're no one's faults no one's fault. It's not the fault of sin in a person's life Mm. when their brain is not working correctly. Mm. And the more we were educated about the causes, um, the causes of mental health issues, and the more we learn, I think the stigma will be decreased. But what we do know now, we don't know all the whys, only the Lord knows all the whys Mm. on the workings of the brain yet. Uh, But we do know that families are hurting Mm. and they need our support and help Mm. and we need to come alongside them. And that's that's what we need to concentrate on. How can how can we help and serve Mm. these families that are hurting? So how can the church assist? You did mention Mm -hmm. education. So getting yourself educated, you know, what in what ways that um, are available to you mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, what other ways can the church assist those struggling uh, with mental health? Uh, I believe just coming alongside them, welcoming them in the church. Um, sometimes people with mental health issues, it's um, uh, being in a setting in church might be difficult, but they might be able to sit in the back and just listen and mm. encourage them to do that. Um, welcoming, welcoming them in the church, um, taking down their prayer requests, uh, mm-hmm. praying for those specific needs within the congregation in your small groups, that it's okay to share uh, when when a person is struggling with a mental health issue and and uh, say it out loud and talk to them about it and encourage them. Hmm. And there are many, many scriptures that you can share with people who are not are are feeling hopeless within mm. the Bible. Share those scriptures, uh, even you know, write them down for them if they're too tired to that. Frame them, give them mm. to them where they can see them day in and day out. Write them a card, encourage them, uh, visit them in the hospital mm. if you do know they're there. If um, be a- talking talking about mental health issues within the church setting, uh, having the pastor share sermons on mental health mm-hmm. um, can be helpful uh, too. Just being more open about it. Yeah, I think taking the opportunities to really meet them where they're at, and if they are able to come to church, then meeting them there. And if they're not able to come to church, bringing the church to them, you know, mm-hmm. um, if they're able to read the word, encouraging them in that, mm-hmm. if they're not able to bringing the word to them, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's, um, just such a privilege that Christians have to, um, to be just like we say, be Jesus you know, in word and in deed. And this is mm-hmm. a great, um, 
opportunity uh, to do to do that. One of the most exciting ministries that uh, I've been watching in the last probably four to five years is uh, Kay Warren has started a ministry at Saddleback Church in Kay and Rick Warren at Saddleback Church in California. Uh, Pastor Rick and Kay Warren lost their son to suicide about four, I believe it'll I believe it'll be five years this April, Hmm. four or five years this April. And from that extreme pain grew a ministry. Uh, Their family um, has helped share what their family went through, and they have decided to help other families within that large congregation. And the church worked together to start a mental health ministry where families Uh, that have loved ones with mental health issues can come together. They have a support group that meets at the church. They've had um, actually retreats for family members um, to encourage them uh, and get away and and provide hope and ministry around them. Uh, It's just an exciting ministry, and uh, you can look that up at kwarren.com. Uh, but it's just just Google K Warren Ministry, and you'll see it, uh, mental health ministry, and that's been helpful to see the church reach out even more, mm-hmm. uh, even in my own community. Uh, mental health ministries within the larger churches in Mansfield are starting to spring mm-hmm. up, so that's exciting to see. Yeah, I love that. It's so intentional that um, you know there's a recognition of a need, and then the church rising up to. Mm-hmm meet that need and are there so what do people do in mental health ministries are there meal trains being created now within those ministries or what are the ways that they um, reach out I think they've just um, kind of done what we talked about become yeah become um, prayer partners with Mm, families mm -hmm. with individuals um uh, just provided safe places for yeah. families to come together. Um, they've small groups have been formed with you know like needs. Yeah. Um, just the church coming alongside them and welcoming yeah. them and acknowledging them and their their concerns and, and yeah. helping. I know. and I um, I think if you're particular a mental health professional listening to this and you are in your church, like offering your services in a way to your church um, could be really helpful in just saying, you know, maybe in leading the way and educating, um, putting together a resource list of um, places in your community that could really help families if there's a NAMI in it. There, because mom, there's more NAMIs than just in Richland County, right? Exactly. NAMI, uh, our national website is NAMI, N as in Nancy, A, M as in Mary, I, NAMI.org. So the national website uh, is in Virginia. Uh, we have uh, NAMIs across the nation, and it is a national organization. In Ohio, there are 39 affiliates. Uh, there is a Montgomery County NAMI, so just Google that, and they have support groups available and family-to-family classes that are free for families that uh, want to receive education on how better to help their loved one with a mental health concern and how to cope as a family, and just all kinds of resources are uh, provided during that family-to-family class. So, yes, all across Ohio, you can get connected, and actually all across the nation, you can get connected to free 
support and free education through NAMI.org. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, I want to go back to the beginning where mom said, you know, she sits down and makes sure everyone knows they matter, that they're important. And I think that um, being a part of um, being God's child is knowing that is the identity of who you are and that you are made in the image of God and that anything we go through this um, in this fallen world um, does not define who we are. And so accepting that about who we are, but also looking at others and seeing them um, for the person God made them to be as well. And um, encouraging that and acknowledging that um, because I see so much um, potential for um, just a greater a greater glimpse of heaven truly or of what um, God is going to restore us into when we um, look past, what do I want to say? When we look past maybe the initial um, outside struggles and see into who God has created that person to be. like, um, And so I know that there might be people who have mental health struggles that might not be even serving in their church or feel like they're disqualified for some reason for what, from being a part of that community or um, might be scared to open the word of God for some reason. Um, and maybe mental health is a part of that. But I think as, as Christians, we have the opportunity to um, call call out um, the person that God created that, that person to be, just as brothers and sisters in Christ, we do that. And part of that is, is joining hands with people through their struggle um, and also saying that you're not discounted from being a part of the family of God because you're going through this. Um, so I want I want just to to rest on that for a minute, and um, I think when we say things out loud, they lose it loses power over us. So when Mom says, you know, to talk about it and to give a safe space for it, like if someone tells you that they're that you are that they're struggling with a mental illness, like um, talk about that and 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 ask them how it's going. Don't be afraid to say like, hey have you been to counseling lately or like, how did that go? Or like, you know, just in a very safe way, like bring it up in conversation so that they know you're not, um, weirded out by it for whatever reason. Um, and you know, I think that there's a lot, there's a lot of commonalities with lots of things we're struggling through. You know, I, I have a friend who lost a child recently. And, um, one of the things is like saying her name is really important. And, um, saying things out loud, you know, is healing for us and it's connecting for us. Um, and so being, sometimes it takes one person being vulnerable to open that up, but just saying like, Hey, I, 
um, what'd you do today? And you might be the person to be vulnerable first and said, hey, I went to counseling actually for this. And um, that then leads to others being able to say those, you know, what they're scared to say out loud too. Exactly. Um, but but I think there's a real ministry um, of vulnerability, honestly, a real ministry of just being comfortable meeting people in the struggles they're at that um, we shouldn't take for granted that, you know, you can just sit next to somebody and, and let them know that, that they're welcome here, no matter what they're going through. Um, that's where the shame breaks down, I think. So mom, um, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners, um, regarding this topic, anything else you want to encourage them or any stories you want to share about, um, your experience with the church or with your own faith, your own life, um, and mental health? I just think remembering our, the ultimate hope is in Jesus Christ. Amen. And I think, um, as young Christians and even older Christians, just um, that's why it's so exciting to watch um, Dayton Women of the Word and how you encourage women to get into the Word. Um, the more we can read His Word, the more we can uh, just uh, make it part of our daily lives and hide it in our heart. Mm. Uh, when those struggles come, and they will for all our lives, that we can pull up the Word of God and find those scriptures and mm. And read them and put them um, within our homes where we can see them and, and know that um, Christ will always be with us. The Lord's always with us and uh, he'll be there to comfort us and he'll be there to grow us through whatever we're going through. But just to prepare yourself even ahead of time hmm. to know those things ahead of time, I think is helpful um, to be able to pull on those scriptures any day of the week, any time when you might need them, I, I think is so, so important. Mm. Um, and just showing up, um, <laughs> even when it's hard, showing up in the community of God, I think in a small group or in a church home, I think even, and I can recall in my own history, because I'm not without having a mental health history, um, I know I went through a deep depression after my father died and after my brother was hospitalized. So just showing up and being with others who were believers was an encouragement to me and to sit and hear God's word and hear it sung and hear and hear it preached. Um within a, a Bible-believing church home helped me through my hardest times mm. a, as a young mother. So um, that's experience. So, <laughs> so mm. be encouraged is what I'm saying. Be encouraged. Um, connect with those um, Bible-believing friends early on in your life, and they'll stick with you uh, during... Um, the happiest times and the sorrows in your life. Mm. But the Lord is, is the main, is our mainstay mm. and he'll be there for you no matter what. And no matter who is with you on a day-to-day -day basis, he will always be with you. And to trust in him is, is my encouraging message today mm. is just to continue to trust because he will not fail you. Oh man. Well, I have seen, had the privilege of seeing mom, 
um, lean on the Lord um, and walk in that truth and then be able to really, I mean, the Lord has really turned that into her ministry, Um, having gone through that herself and then turning that into now, how can I um, use this um, to to really uh, minister to others? It reminds me a lot of the miracle in the Bible where where, um, the four friends go through the roof um, to get to Jesus. They, they lower the person to Jesus. And I see, I see mental health as sometimes being that, or mental illness, I should say, as being that roof um, that we, we have to sometimes go through to lower people to Jesus. Um, and so don't let the roof <laughs> um, keep you from bringing, bringing others to Jesus. Um, uh, no matter what that looks like, or if that's a scary thing for you, you know, um, just consider what roofs others have, have lowered you through, um, to get to Jesus and that, let that spur you on. Um, and then I want to, um, end by reading Psalm 121 because mom so many times said, who's my helper? Our help is the Lord. So it says, my help comes from the Lord. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So start there. Start by showing up. Uh, funny story. One yes. time I, I uh, emailed my house church and I accidentally, normally I sign grace and peace because I like how Paul ends his letters, grace mm-hmm. and peace. Mm-hmm. But it was like a weird you know what they would call like a Freudian slip or something, but I had, I signed show up Jillian. Like <laughs> I'm normally, I'm normally the person that's like no pressure, like yeah. you can come, but you don't have to come. It's fine. Whatever. So I definitely wasn't cog- like very conscious of writing that. I would have never written that purposefully, but I just, it just, all of a sudden my email was signed show up. Jillian. Um, So maybe I should do it from now on, but I'll just leave you with those two encouragements from mom is like your help comes from the Lord and show up. Yes. Um, So we love you listeners. Thanks for listening in today. And we hope this is is an encouragement um, to you. And really it's a prayer of ours that the church would rise up to be um, salt and light to those who are walking through mental illness. Um, Until next episode. Bye-bye.